Hello, and welcome to what I hope is the first of many podcasts um, from the New Teacher Network at the Center for Professional Education of Teachers here at Teachers College. Um, New Teacher Network we call NTN at TC, and uh, the center we call CPET. Uh, And as a part of the work that we're going to be doing with um, supporting uh, first through third year teachers as they take their first steps into this incredibly challenging profession, is I'm hoping to have a series of conversations with some of those teachers to ask them about their experience, um, the challenges they face, the successes they uh, have had, and um, really just sort of get a sense of like what's going on out in the world, in the field, in the classrooms, getting these things done. My name is Brian Vipreck. I'm a senior professional development coach here at CPET, and I'm the lead coach for NTN at TC. And with me today is Elise Trudell, who has just finished her second year of teaching, um, and is gearing up for a third, and uh, we're going to chat a little bit. Hi, Elise. Hi. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing really, really well. Um, and uh, I have a question for you. Shoot. And it might seem a little odd given that the school year just ended, mm-hmm. um, but uh, as you know, the summer goes by really, really fast, mm-hmm. um, or quickly. Sorry, English teachers. Um, <laughs> but um, I want to ask you actually about day one, and what the experience was like for you day one when you walked into your classroom and those students walked in for the first time and you realized it was you. You're it. Um, And and listeners, I'll I'll clue you in a little something. We have a potential for a really interesting conversation here because Elise kind of had two day ones. And I want to get to not only what was day one one like, but what was day 1A like as well? So if you can cast your memory back a couple of years, what was it like on day one? Day 1-1? One, one? Yeah, okay. all the way well, back. Well, day 1-1 was a little easier. Uh, just as a little background, um, I was an English teacher at a private school in the Meatpacking District. And before the day one of classes actually happened, we had a little bit, we had an orientation. So Mm. we had a couple days of orientation. So I got to know some of the girls at this school, but I didn't get to know my classroom yet. Okay. And it was very exciting, but very nerve wracking at the same time because you're center stage. Like you're, you're there. And these kids are looking up at you like, who is this lady? Why mm-hmm. is she here? What's going on? What do? And they're just as nervous and excited as you are because they don't know what to expect. Sure. So I use the time, I use my day ones as a getting to know you. I toss around a koosh ball. Mm. And um, I always give a little bit of myself first. I introduce myself. Um, I provide pictures. Um with my grandma first the very first day I showed a picture of my grandma and I shared how much I love to bake pies just so that they can see that even though I'm a teacher I'm still a real person right and I did the same thing my second year as well Mm -hmm. but I tossed around a koosh ball and I always have the kids I shared you know my name's Miss Trudell and I love to bake pies tell me you know and I have the kids share a bit of themselves with me so that not only can I learn their names but they can also, I can also get to know them a little bit more and see them as, as people, not just as a sea of students. Yeah. Let me ask you, um, in, in determining like, that you really wanted to actually open mm-hmm. with sharing personal details, um, a lot of teachers are really uncomfortable about that. And I don't mean to say it that way and to say like they're wrong for feeling mm-hmm. I think 
deciding on that balance of um, how much of a personal relationship to have with the students versus the professional relationship. Um, can you remember, like, what was it that thought that, that was, like, your inspiration for sharing personal details and to do so so uh, mm-hmm. soon, so early? Because I know some teachers will, will do that, but they'll take some time to open up, whereas right. you seem to have jumped right into that. I've always been a very open person. Okay. I mean, I'm... I wear everything on my sleeve. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is me, this is who I am. Um, I think I've had a lot of people in the past who've, who've done that with me personally. Um, and I know that it's easier for me to open up to someone if they're honest with me from the beginning. So mm-hmm. I think I just sort of brought that with me into the classroom. But I'm also very careful about what I do share with my students. I mean, I showed pictures of my grandma and of my mom. Um, I kept my boyfriend close to my, my fiance. Now I didn't show pictures of him at all gotcha. because I knew there would be a, Ooh, Oh my God, you yeah. know, as, as you know, kids are wont to do, but I, I picked and, and chose what I wanted to share. Sure. So okay. I was, it was, a, there was an editing process, yeah. if you will. And was there something about like your love of pie baking that was particular? Like, like, did you pick that nugget for any like particular sort of like pedagogical reason, or was it just sort of like this is this this is as personal as I'm willing to be on day one? The, it was a um, pie baking is sort of my my chill. You oh, know, okay. some people knit, some people do yoga. I bake pies, so <laughs> and it's something that I learned with my grandma, Great. and that's why I showed pictures of my grandma. And I'm always experimenting with pies, um, and so I wanted the kids to know that sort of as a, as a tool, like there's always should be something that you should do for your, to, to get you back in the zone and to give yourself a break. Yeah. So I don't think I knew it at the time, but I just wanted to let them know that I'm human. Yeah, for Whereas, sure. Whereas, you know, some teachers are like, nope. Uh, and I understand why teachers do that. I, I understand why they want to put that, yeah. that front up, but that's just not who I am. And mm-hmm. so doing that would have, I think it would have set me off on the wrong foot with these students. And so, I mean, I don't tell them everything. I certainly don't tell them everything, and I certainly didn't tell them everything on the first day. Mm -hmm. But I let them know, this is who I am, this is what I do, and I'm human. Yeah. And that was that was it, really. And that that seems to run contrary to some of the, the you know the classic advice that's given to early career teachers, which is like don't smile before Thanksgiving or don't <clears throat> smile before Hanukkah or whatever it is. Like, did you did you get any of that those messages during your teacher ed, or were, no. were you more encouraged to just um, be your authentic self? And no, I was definitely encouraged a lot more here at Teachers College to be more my authentic self. Not okay. necessarily by my professors. I mean, I, it's possible that they encouraged me to do that. But definitely by my fellow teachers okay. and by my fellow teachers that I worked with at um, at the schools I student taught at. Gotcha. You know, they just they went up there and they shared little pieces of themselves uh-huh. and they encouraged the students to share little pieces of themselves that gradually built over the year. Okay. And how did your students react on day one to like like were they into the idea of pie baking or were they? like interested in learning more about you and then also like how comfortable did they feel um uh, sharing their own personal details again on day one and I know you had what you had seniors or juniors what I had juniors at the time okay and 
that year is really pivotal at that particular school. Um, they have a they had a research paper to write, mm-hmm. and so I really had to build that rapport with them so that they could come and see me after school for extra help. Gotcha. And so a lot of them did feel more comfortable coming to see me after school for help. And mm. I mean, I had a kid right away. Um, I think it was either September or October. She came to me when her parents were going through a divorce. She felt wow. comfortable enough with me to talk to me and, and let me know that she was going through this hard time. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was pivotal in helping the student just get through this, this year because she, she really struggled. And I built a rapport with, with, with specific students throughout the year, and I think starting off in that foot really helped but if I had a different personality, it definitely wouldn't work. It, 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 it's just being this open and being this, this transparent is just a part of who I am. Sure. And so trying to do anything else, I think, would have, would have come across as fake or as, as artificial to mm-hmm. the other students. So yeah. to me, it's, it's better to be my authentic self. But of course, I still have to remain appropriate and remember yeah, that they're yeah, not yeah. my friends, that they're my, that they're my students. And I let the students know whenever they want to talk to me that... You know, there are some things that I do have to share with my superiors and that, of course, my job is to make sure that they remain safe. Mm -hmm. And if they tell me anything that I am concerned about, I will be with them every step of the way. Yeah. But I still have to share it with my superiors. Right. But that's not all day one. That's no, 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 no. That trickles down. But it is a trickle down effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, they... Would ask me throughout the year, Miss Trudell, what what pies are you baking? (laughs) Um, Miss Trudell... you know, they saw a picture of my... My mom had recently adopted a dog, and so oh. I, I shared a picture of the dog. And they're like, oh, how's the dog? And I would show them pictures. Great. And, you know, throughout the year, they had babies come into their lives, mm-hmm. or they had um, they had new dogs come into their lives, mm-hmm. and so they would share that with me. So it was a reciprocal process. Gotcha. I wish I had, I had made that move. I mean, my first year, my first first year... Um, so long ago, mm-hmm. um, I I came in and was a fake tough guy. Yeah. Like I I thought that I had to do the whole don't smile before Thanksgiving thing, um, and um, I think they just smelled it on me. Like yeah. I'm not that guy, right? And um, I could have, you know, that whole like Machiavellian question of better to be feared or loved, and I was right. like, I'm gonna be feared, gonna be feared, you know. And that was just such a inauthentic choice mm-hmm. that I made. Um, and it's very encouraging to hear not only that you made that choice. But that also, like you, um, you you were encouraged to, right. to make that choice. So really quickly, if I could, yeah. um, uh, so you've got the the koosh ball, mm-hmm. throwing it around. You're they're sharing names. They're sharing some interest or mm-hmm. some little personal nugget. Um, does that take the whole first day, or do you have some other um, stuff that was that was planned or stuff that happened? Ooh, I got to think back a little bit. Um... I think that day was a shortened schedule okay. just so that they could get through all of their classes on the first day because we had a we had a like a six day schedule that they would rotate oh, through. Okay, gotcha. So I think every class was like twenty minutes and I was told that I should um, I should have a seating chart and I should teach them something the first day. Mm-hmm. But to me it's the first day. I I, I can't and there are, there are some people who would say that that was a mistake but I think it worked for me and I saved the teaching and the um like I went over the syllabus the very next day like I let them know what the class was going to be like and I gave them a little tidbit on the first day I said this is what you're going to expect from mm-hmm. American literature from AP English language 
but I didn't want to overwhelm them too quickly. Sure, sure. I mean, especially since that year was just so heavy with content and with writing and with yeah. a lot of projects. So I wanted to, I wanted to go in gradually. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's interesting because because my my tack was less of the intro. Um, let's all get to know each other. Mm-hmm. I kind of saved that on day one. I did want to open with some content, um, and I just went in with like a with a poem, mm-hmm. a Langston Hughes poem called Motto, um, and um, and it was literally like. I've used that on the first day of most of my school years. That that just the exercise of reading that poem and just kind of an introduction to um, the sort of work that we were going to do and the way in which we would do mm-hmm. it. Um, but then uh, uh, and then come back around like on day two, day three into the whole getting to know you stuff. I, right. I really did want to open um, with some content um, and uh, but like it's in, you know I, I I love these I love these unique differences that uh, teachers have in terms of how we want right. to uh, approach the situation. It all depends on you. Yeah. On who you are. Maybe I could have done that. Mm-hmm. I've never tried it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second year I did the koosh ball thing again. Mm-hmm. But what works for me may not work for you. Yeah. What works for teacher A may not work for teacher B. Yeah. So you have to go with who you are and, and what, what works for you. And the difference between students XYZ and students, you know, yeah. one, two, three. I will say that my approach not just necessarily the first day but mm-hmm. the first month in my second year of teaching yeah. really did not work okay like let's going pivot to that, in, oh you want to pivot to that okay. yeah totally uh, so i did the koosh ball thing the first day mm-hmm. oh really quickly can you yes. set up set the stage for us what's the second uh-huh. school like second school so i didn't get to keep my first job um contract issues but Same thing I, happened to me. <laughs> so, so the second, uh, my second year of teaching was at a DOE public school in the Bronx. Completely different, like a complete 180 from where I started. Mm-hmm. So this is a DOE public school in the Bronx, uh, boys and girls. My previous school was all girls. Okay. So I had to deal with all kinds of hormones. That was fun. <laughs> and... I had I had an orientation. I didn't. The students didn't have an orientation. The teachers had some kind of orientation in PD the week before. Right. And throughout that whole year, I got. I'm mean, sorry. Year. Ugh, excuse me. Throughout that whole week, mm-hmm. I got a lot of. This is what you should expect. This is what you should do, and it really set me off wrong because it made me nervous mm-hmm. and it almost. I, my perspective, I didn't get a fresh perspective of the students. I got a, you should be wary of these students, which was difficult because I wanted to see them as human beings and not as naughty little children who also have, I mean, these are kids who have to deal with gangs and have to deal with, um, you know, drugs in the home or, yeah. or violence in the home, and mm-hmm. they're just trying to survive. And these were genuinely good kids, but they had a lot of difficulties that they were muddling through. Like, they didn't, right. they never brought any kind of, of outside violence into the school. I mean, fists would fly all the time, I won't sure. lie. But, you know, I never had to, we never had to worry about a lockdown or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. But so right you, away, it was, ahead, sorry, uh, right away, it was just, it was difficult because I got the other teacher's perspective almost buried into me mm-hmm. and I couldn't find a way to reconcile that. Yeah. And so what I'm, what I'm wondering here mm-hmm. is that's a very sort of, um, uh, umbrella sort of assessment of the students that you were getting from 
the the was it from the admin or was it from the other teachers? From both. Okay. From both. Can you can you recall a specific sort of um, pearl of wisdom they thought they were sharing with you that then sort of rang either um, not necessarily rang false to you, but um, sort of rang contrary to your ethos mm-hmm. of teaching or your philosophy of education or anything like that? Um, I remember one particular teacher who's been there for quite a while. Um, she told me almost right away, don't try to take their cell phones away. Because they will, and I, I learned later that, that this is act, this actually was a, an issue with um, Chancellor Farina and De Blasio that mm-hmm. you're not supposed to that te- schools are not supposed to hold cell phones anymore. Right. But she's like, don't try and take their cell phones away because you just call the dean right away because they will try to fight you. Oh. And it was harsh for me because it's like, oh, the first thing they're going to do is flare up at me. Mm-hmm. And so that set me off at a wrong pace. And I remember a couple of, I also remember um, a couple of teachers, I was sitting with a couple of teachers during lunch and they were just, they were talking very casually about some kids who broke out into a fight and, you know, they were talking about holding kids back or stepping in between, which you're not supposed to do, by the way. You are not supposed to get in between a kid and and their fight. Mm -hmm. But she's talking about these fights as if they were normal. And to me, I'm just sitting there going, I never had to deal with this before. Sure. Not in my first year of teaching and not in any of my student teaching either. I never had to deal with physical fighting. Sure. Sure, there was there was like verbal bullying, there were rumors and there mm-hmm. were there were inappropriate Snapchats, but I never had to deal with a physical fight. And then did you have to during the school year? Like did their did their like doom and gloom warnings actually turn out to be true? They did. Okay. Yes. But I found my own way to deal with them. Great. Well, we're not going to get into that. Be, I mean, I think that's a fa- fascinating conversation to have later because, yes. like, I mean, so my first year teaching, I was teaching middle school, mm-hmm. and um, early on, there was a fight between two, like, cute little sixth graders. I mean, they were barely 11 or 12 Aww. or whatever. And um, literally the way I broke up the fight was I scooped them both up, one in each arm. And I was like, Aww. stop, stop. And later I was told, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. But, like, even, like, what an interesting conversation to have with other teachers is, like, how do you deal with a fight? Because, but... Yeah. I'd but say we'll, let's not... Let's, let's not get there yet. Okay. Let's come back around to the first day mm-hmm. of first school day. two. Um, you do the koosh ball thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you share the pie and the pictures of grandma and all oh, that Oh, yes. I share the pie. I share the pictures of grandma. I shared a um, picture of my um, my first cross-country road trip okay. ever. And I think they appreciate it, appreciated it, um... But I did not have a certain level of firmness that translated well throughout the rest of the year. And so the kids often took advantage of, like, they, they, they found my weak spots and they, mm-hmm. they took advantage of them. And uh, it was, it, a lot of the year felt like a very um, 30, 30 to 1 them against me. Mm-hmm. And I think perhaps, like, not necessarily in the first day, but perhaps in the first month, if I had been a little firmer with them. Yeah, that's what I wanted to And do I had been more observant of the rules and I had really set down those routines with them. Gotcha. It would have been better. So on day one, um, in terms of, you mentioned routines, mm-hmm. um, it sounds like with the sharing of the personal details, you're establishing a culture. Right. But um, in that in that first day, did you introduce them to any of the particular, like, classroom routines? Um, I'm thinking here of, like, things as simple as um, 
you know, if you're late, sign the late book, or this is where materials go, mm-hmm. or we raise our hands in this classroom. Did you do any of that sort of um, management-y kind of work early on? Very little. Okay. I did a lot of that the next day. Gotcha. Okay. Because I had a whole, like, handbook to go over and okay, a whole... Okay. Um, grading policy and mm-hmm. things like that. But what was really difficult about this was that a lot of things would change. Like, for example, I was tasked with coming up with my own grading policy okay. by my administration. Oh. And then not a week later, they said, okay, we're going to have our own grading policy. <laughs> and it was a really stupid grading policy. Yeah. It was 70% summative assessments, 30% formative assessments. Wow. So I couldn't get the students to take their homework seriously. Gotcha. Okay. So I just stopped assigning homework. Yeah. Um, okay, so day one, then, you've got um, mm-hmm. two years running of Kushball and sharing of a little bit of personal detail. Mm-hmm. Um, successful in both situations? I think so. Okay. Um, do you think you'll try it again in situation three or any kind of tweaks or changes you might make? I think I will. And the only tweak that I will make is to make sure that they know right away that Yes, I'm nice, mm-hmm. but I'm also your teacher, so try not to mess with me. How I'm going to do that, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But depending on the school, like, I don't want to... I I wonder if I com- I'm coming off as easygoing mm-hmm. on that first day. But, you know, I think I just have to try it again and see what happens. You sure. Know? And I think it'll also depend on the culture of that school. Yeah. You know, yeah, and course. if I... And, I mean, I'm moving to Brooklyn, so I'm just as a little background, I'm moving to Brooklyn, so I have to find a new job. Yay. But it'll depend on that school. It'll depend on um, that particular group of kids. I mean, if I end up teaching at a a cross-cultural school that has a lot of um, immigrant students, maybe Mm -hmm. I'll have them introduce themselves in their own language. Maybe I'll um, I'll have an all-girls school and I'll have them, you know, just tell me about their summer vacation, you know, whatever it may be. Okay. So you kind of have that general framework of um, personal introduction in both directions Mm -hmm. works for you, Mm -hmm. and you're going to wait and see, react to your students, react to your school, react to the the community. Right. Okay. Fascinating. Um, Yeah. And then... um, uh, And then day two is down to business. Okay. That was the next next question. Um, If we could, like, sort of step back and ask Mm -hmm. you to think about, like, how did it feel on day one? Um, and like again, day one, like two years ago, and then day one, one year ago, like just like butterflies in the stomach. Oh, Were yeah. you like super fired up? Like, what was your what was your emotion like at that time? It was an adrenaline rush. Okay. Um, I was so nervous, uh, especially on that first day because I never taught my own classroom in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always let the the it was always my my cooperating teacher going first you know she would introduce herself first and then she'd say hey here's the student teacher with you and so this was the first time I was putting myself out there Mm -hmm. and so my knees were knocking I was sweating a little bit Mm -hmm. um but I made sure I dressed professionally um you know I didn't like wear like a suit and tie or anything like that but I, I I tried to present myself as myself but professional sure like my best professional self yeah so I wanted to marry that persona with 
my new teaching persona mm-hmm. so that I could I, I wouldn't seem nervous yeah. because I knew that I was like oh she's nervous you know sharks smell blood in the water kind of <laughs> and that was definitely the case in my in my second year was that um while I was more comfortable giving the song and dance uh-huh. it was a new group of students and it's a completely different culture so my knees were definitely knocking okay. the first time I was uh, boy, I was sweating and I was nervous, but they were they were um, they were good kids and they were in both places. Right on. So I shouldn't have projected that nervousness. Like I had to, I have to figure, I have to figure out a way not not to project that nervousness so mm. that they don't pick up on that. Well, it's interesting that you talk about shouldn't or you have to figure out a way to not do it because you're like the activity you said is a very mm-hmm. personal one. Like right. you are kind of sharing something about yourself. Mm-hmm. which even though it's really like pies and grandma and road mm-hmm. trips, like any sort of sharing is like sort of a making yourself vulnerable. Yeah. Right. And so like does some honest expression of, uh, uh, some honest expression of your nervousness, does it have a place in just in like, not to say like, Hey y'all, I'm feeling really, really nervous right, right now. Like, can you but see to the say back like, of my hand is shaking right now? Yeah. But it's, that is to say like, um, do you, do you, do you feel like you, you sort of mentioned you want to, diminish that or 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 not um not uh not let the students perhaps in on the fact that you're nervous Mm -hmm. but like i don't know wouldn't that perhaps be a more um authentic as we've been using Mm. this word authentic um it's i i don't know it's an interesting sort of balance to strike here i think it perhaps depends on the students okay um i don't think it worked in my last school gotcha I think that they, and they have very often told me, they've used these specific words that miss, my students, yes, my students have often told me, miss, emotions mean you're weak. What? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, that showing your emotions is, it's practically a a death sentence for them. It's a target, it puts a target on their back. Oh. So, sharing my emotions with them, sharing my, um, how I feel like I've tried talking about feelings with them but like miss we're not about this we, okay. we, we can't if we show emotion mm-hmm. we're it's a target we're a target gotcha and then well that's a whole other question uh-huh. but part of part of like my initial reaction would be like um okay I get that and I'm not gonna ask you to do it I'm gonna continue to do it because not only is that just me being real mm-hmm. but then a secondary thing and I, I I wouldn't necessarily say this but part of your hidden curriculum might be this is what it looks like to talk about emotions yeah that was something that I struggled with yeah. this year but perhaps something that I can improve upon yeah. I mean it, it took a lot of reflection and a lot of um, a lot of talking it out with um, with other people to try and figure out that maybe sh- that showing them how you may not be able to, they may not know how to act, they may not know how to control their emotions, but if you model it for them, that's the best way that gotcha. you can you can show it. Right. And I struggled. I, I won't lie, I really struggled in my yeah. last school. So I'm hoping that that will help me approach it differently in my sure. next school. I mean, I, I'm not going to be the, the hard-ass tough guy I'm, that's never going to be the teacher that I'm going to be, mm-hmm. but maybe being a little firmer about certain things and maybe learning to control my own emotions and modeling for them what it looks like. I mean, these kids, they will flare up in just a second. If they even think 
that someone was talking about them or saying something to them, they're ready to fight. Oh, okay. So what do I, if I see that a student is trying to get under my skin, how do I react? How do I say it to them? Like I had, I will, I will say this. I had one particular student with not only ADHD, but also with AED. Mm-hmm. So she was very quick to flare. Gotcha. So anytime I would, you know, ask her how you doing, sometimes she would flare up because she thought I was I was trying to get her in trouble because she was either she was late to class and I'm like, okay, I wouldn't engage with her. I would just yeah. say, okay, and it would throw her off. But yeah. but she eventually she respected me. You know, yeah. she would she would she would tell me that she should I mean she told me that she liked me. So I guess that's the best <laughs> I could get from this kid. But. Well, it's interesting because you know we started the conversation or I started the conversation mm-hmm. by talking about first day and we're already kind of looking at like how some choices made in the first day. You seem to be expressing that they they carry on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, sort of uh, not just establishing norms, establishing culture, establishing community, but um, sort of establishing, like, your image as a teacher mm-hmm. in the, the, the students' minds. is right. kind of fascinating to me. Now, I have some uh, another sort of practical question for you, day sure. one. Um, how did you set up your classroom for day one? Like, orientation of desks, what was on the walls... Um, like where was your desk if you had one? Like this is very kind of like nuts and bolts very teachery and stuff, bolts, yeah. but like also is like is a real decision that you have to make before day one. So mm-hmm. um, again, knowing that the two day ones were uh, a little bit different, um, how'd you set up your classroom? Well, what I wanted for desk orientation was a horseshoe. Okay. But the room was too narrow for it. Okay. So I started out with rows, and I didn't like it. You know, it was too factory model. Is that for year me. one or year two? This was year two. Gotcha. Um, year one, I didn't have any choice because I taught in the library. Mm-hmm. So the way the desks were set up, that's just how the how that, was. that was just how it was. Gotcha. And it wasn't even desks; they were tables. Yeah. They were long tables that would fit six students at a time. So I just, you know, I would organize the students. Um, I started out with just saying, okay, you know, here's an alphabetical list of students. I'll set them up this way. And so throughout the year, I would change their seating based on who was talking to who and who needed more um, upfront attention from me, um, things like that. So second school, second, school, second year, um, I started out in rows. And I changed that to groups of four later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... A desk towards the back of the room. For you. For me. Okay. My desk was towards the back of the room right next to the phone so I could just, you know, keep my stuff there. Sure. And I also had a storage closet right behind it. Okay. Um, filled with the books. It was the English department's uh, book closet, as mm-hmm. it were. Um, I had one table that was solely for student work. Like, I had buckets for each class where the students could pass in their work. Gotcha. And I had that towards the back of the room, but now I'm wondering if maybe I should have had it towards the front so that it was, like, easy access to give in and take out, but... Gotcha. Um, but the, the yeah. rows, um, which were a decision that were essentially because you couldn't do the horseshoe that you mm-hmm. wanted, um, how did the orientation in the rows or in year two or orientation in the, the big tables in year one, did that work with the, the activity that you wanted to do, like the Kush activity, or... Did um, did that physical orientation, you know, hamper or, or impede your your, uh, your information, it, accomplishing your objective? I don't think it made a difference. Um, 
it was a little awkward in year one because a lot of the students, like, they would have to sit around the table. So, a, but this was a difficulty throughout the year that they would have to turn in their seats in order to see the board. Yeah. So you had, you know, two on one side, two on the one on the end, in each end, and then two on the other side of the table, and then the one the the chairs facing the 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 board would often have to turn around. So there was a lot of. Um, a lot of shuffling a lot of, that was it, it was difficult at times but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it also gave me a sense on just what the orientation of the room was like gotcha, gotcha. so you know throughout the year I would, I would say okay students turn you know students who can't face the board right now turn your seats around put your notebooks in your laps and take your notes gotcha. so all right um and what did you do after day one like i'm not talking about like day two but like that that afternoon that evening that night like did did you like take a moment to reflect. Did you do you just do something that was totally fun to decompress? Um, did you like do work? Like what was after all this after the last bell and students are dismissed on day one? What is the sort of like chill moment after the dismissal look like? Oh, good question. Um, I think I texted my fiance. Mm-hmm. I think I said, "Hey, day one, all set," and. <laughs> Putting it in writing and and sending it out to my fiance um, sort of made it real, in that sense. Just saying, you know, this is how it was, this is how it went, and now you can move forward. I don't remember what I did after that. I don't remember <laughs> if I, I probably went home and flopped on the couch and watched TV just as I do. But nothing other than that really sticks out in my mind. Gotcha. <laughs> but. I don't think anything would have been the wrong thing to do. Sure. Oh, no, no, no. I was just wondering for you because, um, like, for me, uh, I took a really long walk. I Mm -hmm. like to take long walks. And um, as I took that that really long walk, I was kind of replaying day one in my head and just trying to, like, you know, like, roll back the game tape, Mm -hmm. such as it is. Um, and that, uh, that's part of a reflective practice that I've been doing for a long time. And I found that, um, uh, like even now when I sort of think about day one, I can recall it so, so vividly. It's still like the memory is very, very crisp in my mind, even though that was, um, a little while ago, let's say, Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, like I just, I just remember like even the opening speech I gave and everything, it was such a. I was just so amped up and, and like you, I was nervous. I was definitely sweating. Um, and, uh, the day felt like a blur, but now it's just like crystallized in my memory. Yeah, it definitely felt like a blur. Um, I think another thing we did, I did was I tried to put faces to names. Oh, sure. Yeah. But that was really difficult to do in my second school because they were constantly, constantly changing the schedule for yeah, students. Yeah, early it on, was especially. Really too. annoying. Yeah. Um, you know, I would ha- I would finally learn this one student's name, and then they'd be gone forever, and I'd oh, never yeah. see him again. And yeah, yeah, that was that was difficult not only for me as a teacher, but also for the students. You know, because the dynamic of the classroom would often change. Sure. Well, that might be an uh, interesting place for us to wrap up. You know, you mentioned the dynamic of the classroom. And, um, you know, especially in um, Department of Ed schools, mm-hmm. um, the first few weeks are a little bumpy because you have the High Holy Days and mm-hmm. you have Labor Day. And there's a lot of um, students getting shuffled around and whatever. And um, in a way, you're, uh, you're not entirely in control over all the things that you're, you're faced with, like mm-hmm. one of them being just your enrollment. 
Um, and um, with that in mind, right, like, and again, like, year two being so different from year one, um, with all that sort of, like, um, knowing now of the choppiness, let's say, of those first couple of weeks in the DOE, mm-hmm. um, as you look ahead to day one, mark three here, <laughs> um, knowing that the DOE has that, um, that those bumps early on, um, is there anything that you kind of um, have in mind for how you're going to do it better this time around? Yeah, I do, definitely. I'm definitely going to focus more on routines I'm going to focus more on skills rather than content. One of the best things I learned last year was the question formulation technique. And so a lot of, especially when you're being evaluated in Danielson on questioning and discussion, the question formulation is a technique is a really good place to start off because it forces the kids to really question either a text or what they're um, what they're encountering. Um, I, my co-teacher used to work in the Met, so we also often used images cool. and political cartoons in order to um, help teach the students the question formulation technique. So starting with basic observations. And with the question formulation technique, it's I also call it question vomiting. You're literally just trying to get (laughs) as many questions down as you possibly can without really thinking about it. So I've also even used it as as a demo lesson, Mm -hmm. um, just teaching them these four rules to the question formulation technique. And the most important rule is just get it down. Don't edit. Don't think about it. Just vomit it out, really. And so that helps me get a sense of what the student's skills were. And a lot of them really would either think too hard to get a perfect question out. Right. When really it's just, just get it down on paper. And so a lot of the, and this was a ninth grade class. So a lot of the students, you know, they were either trying to uh, reconcile with what they had learned in their own middle schools Mm -hmm. and bring it into the table. And they're like, but miss, I didn't do it this way last year. I'm like, well, this is how you're doing it now. So it was a skill lesson. Gotcha. And it was a... I think I should have. I sh- would want to hammer it into them a little bit more, and it was also. I would. I also definitely want to do some kind of baseline to figure out where the students are. Yeah. So that I can see their growth gotcha. throughout the year. And that's not a day one thing. That's no, no, like, no. That's so, a September thing. Gotcha. That's an entirety of September. Gotcha. Possibly and, a little bit of October. And then, so that's your first skill that you're going to hit is mm-hmm. uh, student-generated questions. Right. Um, which, uh, you know, we there's a lot of talk about questions and discussion and conversation, and we can save that conversation for another bit. But mm-hmm. you also mentioned that you would try to establish some routines. Mm-hmm. And what's, your, what's number one with the bullet? What's the top routine or ritual for your next classroom that you would like to instill in the early going, um, if not on day one, then week one, perhaps like what's the, what's that number one routine or ritual that you want to make sure is in place in your classroom? Accountable talk and discussions, because I want the students to have rich discussions as they're talking about texts. And so often last year, what was really frustrating was that a lot of students would get stuck. Yeah. And they're also they were also so ingrained in their own uh, colloquial language that um, tempers would flare. Sure. And so I want to make sure that they really know what accountable talk is and that they're able to have those discussions and remember that it's a discussion. It's not a fight. It's mm-hmm. not a... It's, it's okay to disagree. 
And as long as you are able to express your disagreement and you are able to express it with evidence. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm always, I, I tell my students all the time, don't raise your voice, improve your arguments. Nice. So if you really want someone to hear you, you got to be able to say, this is why I think what I think. Gotcha. And so really, not necessarily um, hunting through the text to find evidence, but just knowing that, okay, here's how I can start here's how I can continue this discussion and just really focusing on specific techniques to use accountable talk Mm -hmm. in the classroom. I need to, I think I need to take this summer to really plan out what that might be, but I did no accountable talk the first, I barely really knew what accountable talk was Mm -hmm. before uh, um, maybe October. And so I think if I had, perhaps if I had focused on it a little bit more in September, Mm -hmm. it might've been easier to, not only for the students to have discussions, but to improve upon their discussions throughout the year. Gotcha. So I think that's a great place to to wrap things up because it sounds to me um, between your day one introductions, your first skill that you want to teach in terms of question formulation, question generation, question vomiting, as you Mm -hmm. put it, um, and then your first like routine, um, the use of account... And you're talking about accountable talk, sentence starters, sentence frames? Sentence starters, sentence frames, um, knowing... How to continue a conversation if Great. you get stuck. So you've got you've got uh, a a routine in terms of the sentence frames. You've got a skill in terms of question formulation, and then you just have kind of like an overall sort of sense of establishing culture. All three of these things, it seemed to me, come together to form a culture within the classroom, or to try to establish that culture with your students mm-hmm. of openness, dialogue, asking questions, sharing, not only thoughts but then also opinions and perhaps even perhaps even feelings perhaps even um uh and to think of september or to think of the that first unit if you will as a who are we as learners who are we within this classroom right. um and making your i mean your choices seem to be like very aligned and and not in like a sort of like a kumbaya sort of way mm-hmm. but in terms of a like being open as a person be open as a a, a curious learner um, and, you know, yeah. we'll get to the content in a little bit. Right, exactly. I think I need to establish sort of the what's, appro- what's necessary and what's, what's helpful in, sort of in social-emotional growth mm-hmm. as well as content growth because, let's be honest, teachers are, teachers are social-emotional teachers as much as they are content teachers. Yeah. You know, they, there's so many moods to deal with. There's so many different things to, for that kids are sort of navigating through, mm-hmm. and they need to know how to deal with them, and how to, how to grow. Yeah. So it's, it's all a process. Right on. Well, thanks for coming in. Thanks for the conversation about day one and, of course, obviously beyond. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Right.